well, I'm not preaching this morning. It seems kind of weird. I'm not even going to be preaching next week. Uh, Jay Underwood's coming back to throw down on us. So that means in three weeks, if I'm still alive, we're asbestos. Um, but we have a real privilege this morning to hear from a missionary to Samara, Russia. Many of you know that um, in December, I often go to Russia. And while I'm there, I'm involved in what is called the Samara Preachers Institute and uh, the Theological Seminary there. There is a central church there that has a, a great expositor. And uh, this uh, seminary and, and Preachers Institute is just has one purpose, and that's training up pastors to preach the gospel, to preach God's word in the land of Russia. And uh, uh, this started uh, oh, about 10 years ago, and um, it's just grown into this great, great ministry where many men have been trained and, and are out preaching the word. Churches are strengthened. Pastors, the quality of preaching is just escalating. I've talked to brothers there who said, yeah, we just used to stand in front of the church on Sunday morning and say, do you want to preach? And it's like, yeah, do you want to preach? And then uh, say, okay, I'll preach first, and then you can kind of preach second, and they'd kind of find a passage, and that was it. So you can imagine uh, the quality of preaching, and uh, now these men are trained, and they're going out, and they're, they're preaching the word, and lives are being changed, and people are coming to Christ, and uh, it's just really great. So you, Calvary Bible Church, as you give to missions, you are supporting the Preacher's Institute. You are supporting the Theological Seminary there. You are supporting uh, students there. You are supporting Russian pastors who are preaching the word. So you are ministering through your gifts, through your prayers to those people in Russia. And, uh, and you don't have to go through that, you know, 36-hour grueling flight to get there. You can sit right there and, and be a part of that ministry. So John Snyder, who's going to be preaching here in just a moment, uh, when I go over there, I usually stay at, at John's house. His wife is Denise. He's got two boys, and um, they spoil me rotten. I just want you to know, to, to shame, they spoil me. You know, I always feel like, you know, I'm going to show up. They're going to stick me in a dark corner and make me sleep in a hardwood floor, and okay. But no, no, it's all about pampering and giving me whatever I want, and they just hover around me. And, you know, I feel like I have, you know, four servants when I'm there, and then I have to come home. Uh, and reality sets in that I am just a sinner, uh, and they know I am. And uh, so uh, reality is good for me, so I don't get too proud. But anyways, John, why don't you come up and bring God's word to us? Брат, приветствую, братья и сестры, во имя нашего Господа Иисуса Христа от всех церквей в Самаре и особенно от всех братьев именно тебе, Джек Хьюз. Pretty unedifying without a translator, isn't it? I don't know how they how they do that. What I said was greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ from all the churches in Samara and a special greeting to you, Jack Hughes. Uh, the brothers were coming up to me when they heard that I was going to be in Jack Hughes church. I'm sure the first thought was, why you? <laughs> 
who are you to be in there? And I'm nobody. That's the answer. This, the Lord has been gracious. Thank you very much for the privilege of being with you this weekend. And thank you, Jack, for the privilege of, of being able to preach in your church. We've had a great time uh, this weekend. Those men who were at the breakfast yesterday, good sausage, good time of fellowship. And I just really enjoyed getting to share what God has done in my life with all of you. Really enjoyed getting to talk with you afterwards. Last night, those of you who were here, we had a great time eating Mexican food and also hearing what God is doing in your community through different people. What a great blessing it is to hear God's work throughout the world and hear how he's building his church. And it's a real privilege for me this morning to be able to open the word of God with you to Ephesians chapter 6. I hope that you value hearing the word of God preached as part of your worship. As you open there, I know many of you are multitasking. Uh, as you're opening to Ephesians 6, we're going to read 19 and 20, but I want to remind you of the themes, the major themes in this letter. And the first one in a word is blessings, blessings. In chapter one, the truth that's proclaimed there by Paul to all of us is that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There is nothing you don't have. You've been chosen by God. You've been forgiven. All of your sins forever have been forgiven if you're in Christ. You have been adopted. You have an eternal inheritance waiting for you in heaven. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. If you are in Christ, you can know for certain that when you die, you will come into the presence of the Lord and live with him forever. And that is the theme of the first three chapters of the letter, blessings. Then beyond that, the theme of the next three chapters, I would say up to six, nine, is behavior. Behavior. And the simple truth there is this. If you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, shouldn't that affect how you live? Shouldn't that affect how you treat your wife? Shouldn't that affect how you treat your husband? How you treat your sister, your brother, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your coworker? Of course it should. And Paul there is calling us to walk worthy of the calling with which we have been called. To exemplify Christ, to exalt him, to imitate God in everything you do, everything you say, and even everything you think. After talking to us about blessings and about our behavior in 6, 10 to 20, he talks to us finally about spiritual battle. Spiritual battle. And the simple truth is that we are involved in a war. Not only a building project, but a war. And those metaphors actually combine. You remember the book of Nehemiah with a trowel in one hand, right? to build and a sword in the other to fight. We're involved in building the church of God worldwide. We're involved in battling against the devil and all of his demons. And it's a real spiritual battle. And at the end of this section on battle, Paul calls the saints to pray. And I ask you to stand with me if you would, please. We're going to read verses 19 and 20. And then we're going to pray that the Lord would prepare our hearts to hear from him this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you have loved us. We thank you that you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We thank you, God, that you constantly remind us about our behavior, how to conduct ourselves. We thank you, God, that you give us all the resources we need for spiritual battle. And we pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Prepare us, God, now. If we've sinned against you, forgive us, cleanse us. Help us to pay close attention and take very seriously the words that you have recorded for us in these verses. 
for Christ's sake and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And if you have uh, your bulletin, there's a place in there to uh, take notes. I really encourage you to take some notes. Let me give you a brief outline of what we're going to talk about today. First, you could just write down this. My God. Number one, my God. Because I want to talk to you a little bit about your God and about our God. And just write down there, number one, my God. I want to pass along to you a very simple truth about your God. And that truth is going to be important if you want to be involved in what God is doing to build the church around the world. You've got to understand God. Second of all, number two, just write down my missionaries. I want to talk to you about your missionaries this morning and pass along to you a very simple truth about your missionaries, the people who serve on foreign fields. And third, write down me and my ministry of witnessing. Because that's what I want to talk to you about third of all. I want to talk to you about you and your personal witness for Jesus Christ in Burbank or at home, in your workplace, wherever you're at. Pretty simple, right? I want to talk to you about your God. I want to talk to you about your missionaries. And I want to talk to you about you and your ministry of personal evangelism. First of all, I want you to think for a moment about your God. This, the first two points here are kind of based on what's behind these verses. And the third one is where we'll talk more specifically about the contents. But think, first of all, just generally about what God is doing here. What is God doing in these verses? It's, Paul says, and pray on my behalf. You could say, well, God is calling the church to pray. Yes, but there's something more. God is requiring that the missionary, the servant, the preacher, the teacher, the great apostles of the Gentiles, he's requiring that he come and ask the church for help. Why would he do that? Why does God want the missionary to constantly be asking for help? Why does God want the, the minister or the pastor or preacher, the evangelist, to constantly be saying, pray for me? Why? To understand that, imagine that I would ask your pastor... Jack, who, I mean, I think he's a great preacher. I love him, and I know you do too. But imagine I asked him, and I'm discipling him, and I say, Jack, you know, I've got an assignment I want you to do. I want you to ask the uh, new students over at the seminary where you're teaching, I want you to ask the newest students, the greenest ones, to uh, help you with your preaching. You think he might have any objections? What? <laughs> want me to, I know Jack wouldn't do this, but I mean, he could, on his flesh, kind of say, what? You want me to talk to the, the new students over there? Me? About my preaching? Yeah. Why would I have him do that? What would it do to him? What would it do? It would humble him, wouldn't it? It would humble him. And what do you think it would do to those students? Jack comes to this newbie, you know, a new wannabe preacher one day, and he, he's just fresh, young guy, new in seminary, and Jack Hughes comes up. That's why Jack Hughes comes up, right? <laughs> That's the way I'd say it. Wow. And he'd say, you know, I've, I've come to ask you for some help with my preaching. Are you serious? Me? What does it do to that person? What does it do to the saint? When this great evangelist or this great apostle comes and says, could you help me? What does it do to them? Doesn't it humble them? Wouldn't it humble you if the apostle Paul walked up to you and said, you know, would you help me with my, with my ministry? Paul, you've got to be kidding you're the great evangelist. I mean, you're, you need help? Yes. Listen, here's a truth I want you to know about your God. Mark it down and don't ever forget it. Your God delights in humble servants 
and in humble saints. That's what he wants. God wants your missionary to be humble and God wants this mission-minded church to be humbled. Because God takes delight in servants who will boast not in themselves and not in their own accomplishments, but in what the Lord does through them. And the way he achieves that goal is he calls us to ask each other to pray. That's what God is doing. You remember the words of Jeremiah the prophet when it says, Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Your God delights in a servant who, even if he is rich, doesn't boast in his riches, but in God's. Your God delights in a servant who, even if she is wise, doesn't boast in her own wisdom, but in the wisdom that is from above. Your God delights in a servant who, even if he is strong, even if he is powerful, does not boast in his own strength, but in the Lord's. It's important for you to know and keep in mind that truth about your God. Because God will only use you in building this church and building the church worldwide. He'll only use you if your heart is humble. God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And prayer changes you. Prayer makes you humble. When Paul wrote to Timothy and told him how to fight the good warfare in Ephesus, you might call it the second letter to the Ephesians, it's first Timothy. What did he say? First of all, prayers de civo, right? First of all, this is of utmost importance. You've got to have the men praying. For what purpose? So that their lives would be changed. He says, pray first of all that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Prayer changes lives. It changes your life. And that's what God wants you to understand is that he delights in humble servants who will humble their hearts and pray and ask other people to pray for them so that when we've done the work, we come back and say, here's what God has done through your prayers. Here's what God has done through your giving. That's what I want you to know about God. Our God is a God who takes pleasure in humbling his servants. You know, there's an application to this. Obviously, I could just ask you, do you pray? And you'd say, yeah. Or I'd say, well, do you ask other people to pray for you? And you'd say, yeah, I I do sometimes. Here's what I want to ask you. Are you humble? What do you boast about? What do you boast about? What do you like to tell other people about? Um, And are you boasting when you tell them? Are you boasting in yourself? Do you boast in your accomplishments? Do you boast in what you do? Do you boast in what you give? Do you boast in how wise you were? Of course, it's not really fair for me to ask you to judge that because one thing about pride is is that it blinds. You never see it. 
If you're arrogant, if you're pride, you'll never see it. And so I want to give you a homework assignment today. And I want you to take it seriously. I want you to ask at least one person who loves you enough to tell you the truth. I want you to ask one person. Do you see any pride in me? Do I boast in myself? Please tell me if you see that in me. Am I arrogant? Do I boast of my own deeds? Do you see in me any bit of pride? And if you do, would you pray for me? I want you to take that seriously. I want you to ask somebody. I asked Vladimir, my good Russian friend. I said, brother, do you see any arrogance in me? Is there anything that I do that you think is prideful? Please tell me. Tell me the words, uh, you know, faithful are the wounds of the friend, right? Tell me the truth. I want you to take that seriously. And you know, I want to speak right directly to men whom I especially love. I want to speak to you who are pastors, teachers, evangelists, you who have responsibility to speak the word of God. You know, we have a a special temptation to boast in our own deeds. And I want to ask you, be careful. Do not let the devil destroy your you through pride don't fall into the trap of boasting in your own accomplishments what can you do to to defeat the schemes of the devil first of all pray constantly pray constantly before the lord and ask other people to pray for you just make it a habit to ask other people to pray for you and all of you as it says in First Peter, clothe yourselves with humility. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. How? How do you humble yourself? Prayer. Casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Anytime you get nervous, anytime you get anxious, anytime you've got something big coming up, Call your friends, send them an email, blast out an email to everyone you know and say, would you please pray for me? I've got to pray and I've got to preach in Jack Hughes church. I don't know what I'm going to do. There are so many people praying for me this morning and praying for you. It's incredible. So that when it's all said and done, all the glory goes to whom? To God, right? This is something you've got to know. God delights in humble servants and to keep us humble. He keeps us praying and he keeps us asking one another to pray. There's something else I want you to see. Something else I want you to think about in this text. We ask, what is God doing? He's keeping his missionary humble and he's keeping the church humble. But second of all, what is Paul doing and why? Look at it again at the text. It's pretty easy, right? He says, verse 19, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. What is Paul doing? He's the one calling the church to pray, right? And he's calling them to pray specifically for him. Pray for me. A very personal request. Why? Well, can't Paul pray for himself? Sure he can. Um, Is he trying to appear sort of spiritual? You know, pray for me. No. I don't think that's it. You know, maybe he's like a missionary who kind of wants to get in and get on your list for support. Maybe that's it. He's, you know, his, his foot in the door is pray for me. And he just wants to get in and get on your list. Is that what he's doing? Yes! That's what he's doing. He wants to get on your prayer list. 
He's like, look, if you have a list, pray for me. I'm not asking for money. I just want you to pray. And that tells you something about your missionaries. Listen, I want you to know something about your missionaries. They need you. They really need you. They can't do it without you. This is God's design. God doesn't want some lone ranger missionary riding off into the sunset, praying on his own, and then coming back and telling you about all the prayers he prayed and all the people he saved and all the great things he did. No. God wants you to send that missionary out with full prayer support. Full prayer support. So that when he comes back, he says, Wait till I tell you how God has been answering your prayers. And we will all rejoice together in the presence of our God and say, His glory is throughout the earth. All the glory goes to Him. You've got to know this about your missionaries. They need you. The battle is real. Paul knew it. Up in verse 12, he says, Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's why he says, pray for me. You think I'm some big, strong guy that can make it against these invisible, violent, wicked demons? Never. I'm calling in air support. Pray for me. You've got to understand this about your missionaries. They need you. You are as important to the missionary endeavor as the guy on the field. You're just as critical to this battle. So please do not forget. I beg you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. I beg you for the love of the spirit. Strive together with us in your prayers for us. Get down on your knees and pray with us, for us, please. We need you, and we can't do it without you. Without you, we are dead in the water. We'll never open our mouths to speak about Christ. We won't have any opportunities. And we end up coming back from the field with our tail between our legs. Failures. I beg you, we need your help. What's the application? You know what? On the basis of this text, I'm going to say, please pray for me. Would you please pray for me? I want to get in on your list of prayer support. I want you to pray for me. Please, I need your help. I want to tell people about Christ. I want more opportunities. I want open doors. I I want to have boldness, but I need you. And I'm asking you to please pray for me, but not just for me. I want you to pray for the team in Samara. I want you to take out a piece of paper right now and a pen or a pencil. If you're not taking notes, start now. What we've seen so far, I've told you about your God. He delights in humble servants. And the way he keeps us humble is he keeps the missionary asking for prayer support and he keeps the saints praying. And second of all, I'm telling you about your missionaries. They need you. They need your prayers. I want you to write down these names. Brad Clausen and Heather Clausen. Brad and Heather Clausen and kids. Four of them. (laughs) Brianna, Alicia, Bryce, and Emily. Pray for the Colossians. Brad is our team leader. He's got, he's got enough work on his plate to keep 10 soldiers busy for a lifetime. He needs your prayers, and so does Heather. Please pray for them. Would you please write down John Rehurik and Natalie and Jojo and Nathan, Josiah and Nathan. Would you please pray for them? Please write down the Timesians. Timesians, just spell it like it sounds. It doesn't matter. God knows them. All right, the Timesians, Brian and Alex. Would you please pray for them? And then fourth, just write down, and all 
the saints in Russia. Because in the previous verse, in verse 18, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this, this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And all I'm saying is, would you please pray for all the servants in Samar, Russia, and then all the saints in Samar, Russia? Russia. It would be part of your missionary ministry. Yes, I wanted to get my my foot in the door and I just want to be on the list for prayer support because that's what we really need. That's what we really need. Would you please pray for us? Also, a second very specific thing. My wife sent in about a thousand prayer cards on the overnight plane. Why? Because I forgot. So they're all sitting out there. Please take a prayer card, stick it up on your refrigerator and then don't neglect it every time you open for milk, cheese, you know. Look at it and say, Lord, give him an opportunity to tell somebody about Christ. Give him some boldness and then open up and get your milk. Take a prayer card and pray for us. And third, I don't know about you, but I forget. I think it's easier to give than it is to pray. I don't know about you, but I've got automatic withdrawal. I can set it up with a bank account so that if I want to support some Russian pastor, I can call in and I say, you know what? You know, just send him X amount every month. And then I just know that thing's humming along and I can forget all about it. But to pray every single day for all the saints and all my brothers and sisters in Christ, I need a reminder. I don't know about you, but I got this really cool cell phone. It's the Nokia model, which has a little calendar in it. And you can set up this thing with a reminder. And so every morning, mine goes off at 730. It says, pray for everybody. <laughs> right? So at 730, I try to, you know, it's like a conscience. You can kind of ignore it, <laughs> but you shouldn't. And it goes off and I try to right then pray for everybody. Or I get my family together. We have this little prayer thing. Maybe take a lesson from this. Mondays, we pray for the missionaries. And Tuesdays, we pray for the lost. And Wednesdays, we pray for world leaders. And Thursday, we pray for the relatives. And Fridays, we pray for friends and family. And Saturdays, we pray for all the the supporters and saints. And Sundays, we pray for the uh, spiritual leaders. And we got this day after day kind of thing. We try to cover everybody. And all along the way, we try to pray for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, because that's what we're called to do. So I want to ask you to please pray for us. Pray for us. Well, that's kind of by way of introduction. Um, we didn't really get into the text yet, did we? And if Jack's going to be faithful to his calling, he'd have to rebuke me if I stop now and say, you never get into the text. So let's get into the text. I want you to think now about yourself and about your ministry of personal evangelism here in Burbank because... If I understand it, uh, not everyone here is yet saved, you think? And in fact, I would be willing to bet lots of money that many of them have never actually heard a very clear explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ in full. I would willing to venture a guess that I could go out today on the street and ask somebody, has anyone ever explained to you, or could you explain to me right now, why Jesus Christ came to this world, why he died on the cross, why he rose from the dead, and why that means something to you right now today. I want you to think about yourself and your ministry of personal evangelism. And I do want to speak specifically to certain ones of you. And I think that's fair. There were times in the life of Christ where Jesus would kind of take some of his disciples off to the side, or maybe all the disciples off to the side, and he would speak directly to them, right to them, in the midst of the whole crowd. 
And so I want to take some of you and I kind of aside and I want to speak directly to you right now. And so I'm going to give you some things to think about. I want to ask if you're in the same boat with me. I want to speak to you who, first of all, I want to speak to you if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian. Are you a Christian? You know, maybe it wasn't always that way. I'm sure it wasn't always that way. We were born sinners. And then there was a time when we lived according to the lusts of our flesh. And we were under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. Right? And we were doing the deeds of our flesh. But then God, in his amazing grace, one day in your life, in my life, preached the gospel to us, opened the eyes of our hearts. We saw the glory of Christ. He convicted us in our sins. And all praise to God. We confessed our sins. We repented. We turned. We came over. We started following Christ. Are you a Christian? If you are, I want to speak to you. Second, you're confident. You're confident. Are you in that group? Are you in the bunker with me? You're confident not in yourself, but in the truth. You don't begin to doubt the truth about sin. For we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? You know that truth, Romans 3.23. And you don't doubt it for a second. You don't doubt for a second that you're a sinner. You're confident about the truth concerning death. For the wages of sin is, help me out. Death. Very good. You know that truth. You don't doubt that for a second. You know what the penalty is for all the sins we've committed in this life. You know what we deserve. You're confident. You don't doubt the truth about life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. How about the end? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You don't doubt that for a second. You know the truth and you're confident about the truth concerning life. You're confident about God's love. That God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, what? Christ died for us. So you know the gospel. You know the gospel. You're confident. And you don't doubt it for a second. You never doubt those truths, right? Are you in the boat with me? You still there? Am am I talking to you? I hope so. Is the Lord speaking to your heart? You know the truth about the way of salvation. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. You're confident. You were not born again yesterday. Right? And God in His grace has strengthened you in your faith. Third, you're not, I hope you're in this one. I really hope you're in this one. You're not cold. You're not even lukewarm about the fact that right now, around this church, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people walking around in darkness and they have no idea where they're going. They don't know. They do not know. They do not understand that at the end of that road they're walking, is judgment. And God will judge every man according to his deeds, according to truth, without partiality, and praise God according to the gospel, Romans 2. And you're not cold about that. You're not even lukewarm. You you want to tell people about Christ. You really do. You really want to tell other people, your brother, your, your mom, your dad, grandma, your co-worker, the stranger in the line at, you know, the taco place. You want to tell them about Christ. And you're basically equipped to do that. That's the next one. You are equipped. I mean, you, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It's not like you need to go to seminary, right? You're blessed. You have everything you need. And yet, I wonder if you're in the same boat with me. And yet, it still is not a piece of cake to open up your mouth and tell somebody else 
about our Savior. Are you, are you in the boat with me in the same bunker in this, this battle? Where like, you want to tell somebody you're a Christian, you don't doubt the truth, and, and you go to open your mouth, and you're like, mm. it's just not, it's not happening. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Do you know who else is in the same boat with us? Paul. The Apostle Paul. Christian. Totally confident of the truth. Certainly not cold about the lost. Chosen, called to preach, commissioned, fully equipped, and yet still, still, and here's the truth I want you to get, still in need of two blessings from above if he's going to be of any use for the gospel. Even if you are the greatest evangelist in the history of mankind, which Paul was apart from Christ, even if you are the greatest evangelist, you are still in constant need of two blessings from above if you're going to be used by Christ. And what is it? You need opportunity and you need boldness. Take a look at the text and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. There it is, utterance. You need opportunity. Utterance literally is pray that the word would be given to me. And that was a very fixed expression that was used in courtrooms, in public and official settings for the giving of an opportunity. And it's interesting that in Russian, we say the exact same thing. Right? My Russian sister, Irina, could, could affirm that, right? So we pray, or we say, I would say, for example, after this, ah, they gave me the word. They gave me an opportunity. That's what it means. Utterance is talking about opportunity. Paul's not looking for content. He's not looking for some sermon to drop down out of the sky, which would be kind of cool. But that's not what he's looking for. He knew what he wanted to say. Take a look again at the text. At the end of verse 19, he says, in the opening of my mouth, to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. He knew what he wanted to say. He wanted to make known the mystery, that thing that had been hidden for ages for mankind, but then was revealed to the apostle, the mystery about Christ who came down from heaven, who was born of the Virgin Mary, who lived a perfect life, never committed sin, nor was there any deceit found in his mouth. And then willingly went to the cross at Calvary, took upon himself the sins of the world, shed his holy blood for our sakes, for our redemption, and rose up from the dead on the third day for our justification, according to the scriptures, and then appeared to the brethren, appeared to more than 500 brethren at once, and then appeared to the apostle Paul. He knew what he wanted to tell them. He wanted to tell them the mystery of Christ. He wanted to tell them the gospel about forgiveness of sins, about righteousness, about eternal life, about heaven. That's what he wanted to tell them. But he just needed the opportunity. He just says, pray. Pray for me that God would give me a chance. I just want a chance. I want to get in there. I want an open door. In Colossians, he says the same thing. Pray that God would open up a door for the gospel. If you want to be useful in God's building project of the church worldwide, you are in constant need of utterance, of an opportunity. You say, well... How do you get it? How do you get opportunities? Don't you have to go knocking on every single door? No. Just pray. That's how you get it. Isn't that amazing? I used to think I have to go to every door. No, I've got to pray. And I need you to pray. And we need to be praying for one another. God gives opportunity and opens doors when you ask for it in faith. And then just wait. Wait upon him. Does God answer those prayers? Yes, he does. Who do you think arranged for Philip to meet with the Ethiopian eunuch? 
Isn't that amazing? You ever think about that story? You know, here's Philip. He goes out, he meets with this guy who is an official for the queen of Ethiopia. I think he was in charge of her investment portfolio. (laughs) Niplocha, as we say in Russian. Not bad. Nice job. And he's already a religious guy. He's coming back from Jerusalem. He's been there worshiping God. He's a God fear, right? He's got a Bible. You don't have to give him your Gideon Bible, right? He's got a Bible. He's got it open. He's already reading it. He's already in the prophets. He's right there. All he needs is somebody to come out of nowhere, right up to the chariot and explain to him. This is all about Christ. Philip, man, he just needed a chance. Who do you think gave it to him? Who did that? That was God. And it was an answer To prayer. Because the whole church was constantly in fellowship, in the apostles' teaching, breaking bread with fasting and what? What? Prayer. You with me? It's only 12 o'clock, students. Stick in there. (laughs) Prayer. Right. What you need is opportunity. Can I tell you a story? Not to boast in what I do. It's the result of prayer. But I'll tell you a pretty cool story. I was praying one day. I just, I just wanted a chance. I just needed an opportunity. And uh, I went out on the street. I was going to John Rehurick's house. We were going to have a meeting in his apartment. And I'm walking up, and there's this lady opening the door in front of me. And I'm like, hmm. So I say something stupid like, so, do you think a spring's ever going to come? She looks at me kind of funny. She's like, what? I said, well, you know, it's kind of you know, still cold, and it's already, you know, May or something. Still snow. Think spring's ever coming? And she says, well, of course. And I said, well, I was just wondering, you know, I'm a foreigner. I use it all the time. I'm a foreigner. Really? What do you do here? Who just opened the door? What do you do here? Oh, thank you. Yes. I said, well, you know, I'm a Bible teacher. She said, are you serious? And I said, yeah. She said, I have been reading my Bible and wanting someone to explain it to me. And I said, are you serious? (laughs) And she said, yeah. And she said, just the other day I was reading from Galatians 2 where like it says, well, I don't even know if it shows you Galatians 2. I was just reading these verse where it says, it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What is that? And I said, oh, and we just started worshiping. Well, I started talking about God. I started worshiping. She's not. I started worshiping God and serving him. And it was just an answer to prayer. All I needed was an opportunity and God just dropped it right on my lap. Isn't that great? Slava Bogu, praise God. That is what you need. You know how to get it? Prayer. Just pray for one another. And then you know what you do when you gather around on Sunday mornings? You walk over and you say, uh, so uh, Jack, were you praying for this week that I had an opportunity? Oh, I forgot. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I had one anyways. Somebody else must have been praying. I had this great opportunity. And you're going to be looking forward to sharing, not boasting about what you did, but what God did. Because he answered prayers and he opened a door and you told your mother. And it was so hard. You were scared. You were sweating. Your hands were cold. But you told her about Christ. You need opportunity. But that is not all you need. That is not all you need. Opportunity is not enough. This ever happened to you? You're like on the bus. Oh, no, you're not. You don't ride buses. <laughs> you're in the line at, uh, you know, In-N-Out Burger. I don't know. You're at, you're at the relative's house. You're at somebody's birthday party. You're at the family reunion. You're somewhere, and you're standing beside a real live unbeliever, and you're thinking, here it is. This is the opportunity I've been praying for. This is it. This is the opportunity. You're thinking, this is the opportunity. 
and you go, <laughs> you don't even do that, but you're thinking, I can't open my mouth. That ever happened to you? Come on. It's happened to you. All right. Here's another one. Maybe this has happened to you. You're thinking you've got this opportunity and you're standing right beside and all of a sudden, five reasons why you shouldn't tell them about Jesus right out of the sky of sermon outline. (laughs) Like, don't, don't push your religion on others. Reason number one. She doesn't even want to hear this. Reason number two. Reason number three. He's probably heard this like a thousand times. Reason number four, you don't have time right now. You just, you, you got a meeting. You don't have time for this. Not now. Reason number five, it's not, it's not the right moment. You know, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> you ever have that? Listen, beloved, this wisdom is not the wisdom that comes down from above. This is man's wisdom that is earthly, natural, and demonic. Every single one of those things is a lie right out of Satan's pit. Don't shove your religion down others' throat. Is that what we're doing when we tell them about heaven and forgiveness of sins? No way. She doesn't really want to hear it. Yeah, she doesn't really want to hear it, but she needs to. She needs to. The power of the gospel is the power of God into salvation. He's probably heard it a thousand times. No, he hasn't. And he might not have even heard it ever once in in full detail or with somebody who's going to preach it in boldness with meekness. And if he heard it without understanding, what does Matthew 13 say? The devil comes and takes it away and it's as if he's never heard it or she's never heard it. You don't have time for that now? Look, what are you here for? I mean, why did God leave you here on this earth? To tell people about Christ. You're not going to do that in heaven. It's not the right moment. It doesn't feel right. You know what? It never does. It never does feel right. What's going on? What do you need? What's going on? A spiritual battle. And what you need is boldness. If you're going to be any use in God's building project, building the church worldwide, you need opportunity and you need boldness from above. Otherwise, you'll be useless. You've got to have boldness. You have got to be able to speak the truth about sin and about judgment and about eternal life and about the work of Christ and about heaven. You've got to be able to speak the truth with boldness. Where do you get that? God doesn't just give you a lifetime supply of boldness at the beginning of your walk. Instead, to keep you humble... He makes you dependent on him every single day. Want boldness today? Ask for it. And ask somebody else to pray for you. Want boldness tomorrow? Guess what you got to do tomorrow? All right? You get the idea? You need boldness. You need boldness if you're going to serve Christ. But not the boldness that comes down, or that, that not, I'm sorry, not the boldness that is from below. Not a boldness mixed with meanness. You're a sinner. You need boldness mixed with meekness. Listen. Listen, what I'm telling you is important, friend. You are a sinner, and so am I. You need that kind of boldness. The boldness that will tell them what they need to hear, but with meekness. How important do you think boldness is? Think about that for a second. My wife makes the best pizza in the world. Ni 
Ты подтверждаешь? Молодец. Володя knows. He's been. He's tasted. My wife makes the best pizza in the world. I have to say that. This is my wife, but I believe it, too. And uh, she has this dough. It's not too soft. It's not too crunchy. It's just right. But dough is not pizza. Then she puts some sauce on there. It's not sissy sauce, but it's not too spicy. It's perfect. But you know what? Dough and sauce is not pizza. So she puts on some ham and some, pine- some pineapple. She knows what I like, Hawaiian style. <laughs> but that is not pizza. And you know what? If you don't have that last ingredient, I don't know what it is, but it isn't good. And that's what a Christian is without boldness. I don't know what it is, but it isn't good. It isn't. It really isn't. Boldness is this ingredient that if you don't have it, you're never going to be any use for Christ. You're not going to be bold to tell anyone. I don't mean you're not going to be any use whatsoever for Christ. I mean in the moment we have an opportunity. Obviously, you can, you can cook for Christ and you can clean for Christ and you can do many other things for Christ. But we are also called and chosen to proclaim the excellencies, right? So what do you do? What do you think you ought to do? Pray. That's it. Pretty simple, right? So easy. And that's the truth I wanted you to know about yourself and your ministry. That if you are going to be used in the gospel witness, if you're going to tell others about Christ, you need opportunities. Pray for that and pray for each other. And you need boldness that comes down from above. Can I tell you a quick story? Not for my sake, but for the Lord's sake. Last winter, Christmas time, I was walking around the church telling people the gospel, just looking for opportunities. I had been praying for it, and then uh, this young kid's coming along. And I started talking to him, and I said, Hey, you know what today is? No, I don't remember. Christmas. He goes, Ah, naturally. I go, No, supernaturally. So I said, uh, Do you know what we're celebrating today? No, he doesn't remember. I said, The birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He goes, Naturally. I said, No, supernaturally. So I said, Listen, What's your name? Nikolai. Listen, can I tell you, explain to you what this holiday is all about? Just, just take a couple minutes. He said, okay. So I tell him about Christ. And at the end of the conversation, he says, you know, the kid's very young, 10, 12 years old. He says, you know, I don't have any friends. I've already started to drink. I know I'm in trouble and I know I need help. And I start telling him about Christ and, and he's not repenting. So I say, look, look, let's not, let's keep contact. I gave him my cell phone number. He gave me his. God gave the opportunity, right? Praise the Lord. So I go home, and a couple of days later, I call Nikolai because I want to invite him to youth group. Natasha answers, Mom. And as soon as I start talking, she hears a little bit of an accent. And I say, you know, I met with your son. I was talking to him on the street. She says, we don't need you people around here. I don't know what you're doing talking to my son. And she's very angry, and within a couple of minutes, slams the phone down. What do you think I need? What do I need? Boldness. Been praying, and I've been asking other people to pray. So, yeah, I already got opportunity. I know her phone number. I know where she lives. So I pick up the phone, and I dial it. And I say, I'm sorry, it's me again. Would you please forgive me? I, I really didn't do a very good job of explaining who I am and what I'm doing. So she says, well, I, I don't know what you people are doing here anyway. I said, well, could I just take a minute to explain it? Okay, so I explain. Well, why do you people not like women? I, I think you people, that you Christian people are against women. I said, you know what, if anybody's against women can't be a christian so i explained god isn't against women god loves women i love my wife and i explained to her what god teaches about women then she asked another question and i answered that one and another question after about 35 minutes on the phone she says i'd like my kid to come to youth 
Praise the Lord. It's not me. Just God gave the opportunity and God gave boldness. I'm not by nature that kind of a person. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. Has the Lord spoken to your heart today? That's, you know, what I really want is for you to think about whether God is speaking to you. He wants you to know about him. He wants you to understand that he delights in a humble servant, in a servant who doesn't boast in her own deeds, but boasts in the deeds of the Lord. Do you know that? And how does God keep you humble? Prayer. So pray constantly and constantly be asking other people to pray for you and humble yourself that way. Second of all, we heard a truth about your missionaries. They really do need you. You are crucial to the missionary effort. So please pray for us constantly. Don't forget. Please don't forget to pray for us. And third, you need blessings from above. If you want to be useful for God's work, you are in constant need of two more blessings, even though you've already been blessed with every blessing in the spiritual places in Christ. You still need a constant supply of open doors and boldness. Now I want to speak to another group of people. Because I took the disciples off to the side to talk to them, but I talked to them in your presence, you who don't know Christ. You know what? I asked a lot of people to pray, and I've been praying, and God opened the door. You are here by God's design. It's not by chance that you're here. God sent you here today to hear about Jesus Christ, and God sent me here today to tell you about him. I want you to imagine for a second that there's a website called allyoursins.com. And there are audio files and video clips of every sin you have ever committed. There, there you are. I see how, what you did in your childhood. Oh, I see how you treated your parents. I see how you related to your brother or your sister. I see how you were later in life as a teen. I see those sins you committed. I'm looking up and I'm seeing all of this and all your sins, page after page after page. You know what? That's what it's like for God. He sees everything you've ever done. He knows every thought you've ever thought. He knows every time you've not forgiven someone else, every time you've raised your voice, every time you've envied someone else. Listen, you've got a debt you can't pay, but I've got good news for you. Jesus Christ came into this world to pay your sin debt and to free you up from the wrath of God that is to come. The wages of sin is death. What you deserve for your sins and what I deserve for mine. The wages of sin is death. It's eternal separation from God in a place called hell where the fire is never quenched. Where you will be in torment forever. And unless you repent, you will perish. But the good news is this. Christ came into the world to save sinners. And he died on the cross for you to pay the penalty for your sins. And he rose up again the third day that you might be justified And he simply says this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And God will give you his Holy Spirit. He will give you the power to walk in this Christian life. He will give you new desires. And you and me and all the rest of the brothers and sisters here will rejoice forever in eternity. The only wise thing for you to do today would be to pray. To pray. To receive Christ. We're going to go to prayer right now. I want to ask you to stand with me. We're going to do something different today. I want you to stand with me. In Russia, we always stand when we pray. I want to ask uh, my great friend and my brother, Vladimir, to come up here. He's going to pray with us. And we always have uh, typically a couple of men from the congregation pray. So I want to ask uh, Pastor Jack to pray, Brother Craig also to pray. And after each of these men 
say a prayer for us. We'll ask Vladimir to close us in prayer. Let's pray. We are grateful just for uh, the, the message that we have received this morning from your word. Father, we know that everything that happens that is good is because of you. That it's not by our strength or not by our might, but it's by your spirit. It's by your grace. It's by your wisdom. And yet we have seen in this passage that you want us to humble ourselves and ask for help. Not only from you, but from other people. Because it's your design that we be needy. That we acknowledge our weakness and that we ask other people to help us so that you can work through us. And Father, we have also seen from this text that it is also your will that we pray for one another. That when people ask us, we do pray for them that they might have opportunities and boldness, so that together we all might have opportunities and boldness in proclaiming the truth, that we might share the good news of the gospel with those we meet in just the many, many ways we run into people every single day. Father, that our mouths would be open, that utterance would be given, that we would have boldness as we saw in the text today. We know that's your will. So, Father, we just beg you to help us to receive your word and the message you had for us this morning into our hearts, that we might apply it, that we might live it for your glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Gracious God, thank you for this day, and thank you for Calvary Bible Church and how we are a light in a dark place. And Lord, may we constantly uh, proclaim the name of Christ, and may we be bold to go out in our community, and may we not just come and then go back home and and not share that truth that we have been taught. Lord, thank you for the equipping of Pastor Jack's teaching and for John Snyder in Russia. May you just bless their ministry. And Lord, give them boldness as they go back. Give them safety. And thank you for the word that he has brought to us. Or may we be convicted. May we go out tomorrow to the workplace or in the community and be bold to share Christ. May we pray for those opportunities. May we seek to please you for that is why you have left us, God. May we just constantly seek you and your grace. May we pray and may we just love you by sharing the love of Christ. And when that day comes, Lord, may you just say, well done, good and faithful servant, for you have done what I've asked. We just ask these things in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the privilege to be here in this place. Среди детей Твоих, среди святых Твоих. Among your children, among your saints. Господь, Ты показываешь в Слове Твоем пример апостола Павла. Lord, you show us in your word the example of the apostle Paul. Он был лучший благовестник, лучший миссионер. He was a great evangelist. He was the great missionary. Но какой пример смирения мы видим в его жизни. But what an example of humility we see in his life. Я прошу, Господь, чтобы эта истина, она проникла прямо в наше сердце. I ask, Lord, that this truth would penetrate into our hearts. Чтобы мы смотрели на возможность молиться друг за друга, как на возможность смиряться пред Тобой. That we look at this opportunity to pray for one another as an opportunity to humble our hearts before you. Lord, we understand that we are very weak. We can't set up these meetings for ourselves to meet with unbelievers. And therefore, teach us, Lord, and remind us often to pray that you would give us opportunities for the gospel. И когда ты дашь нам возможность, Господь, 
смело возвещать Евангелие. Поэтому мы молим Тебя, чтобы Ты дал нам смело, смелость. And therefore, God, we also ask, when you give us these opportunities, give us also boldness that we might speak it as we ought. I pray that this church would be filled with gospel witnesses. And when there would be opportunities, boldness would be given and they could open their mouths to speak about you. So that each one who is standing before you right now with desire and with joy would share the gospel of Christ. We ask you in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.